What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, it is playoff week. And yes, Philadelphia is involved. The postseason is right in the NFL, and the Eagles are in the mix. It's going to be a uphill task, but at least they're in the dance. So we got you here for the next two hours to talk about it. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, a.k.a. your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Yes, since this is the first chance as uh, a partnership, uh, we've had a chance to talk about what happened at the link on Saturday night. We will do so, but we will not talk do about it. Do we have to? The... Yeah, we have to. <laughs> we will not talk about it for the next two hours because, yes, both John and I might want to kill ourselves if that were the case, but we need to give it its due justice and talk about it for at least a little bit here in hour number one but then it is turned the page and on to the tampa bay buccaneers you got what you asked for eagles fans you wanted tampa you got tampa well, i don't think you should blame all eagles fans because a bunch of writers reporters said uh i don't know who eagles fans wanted i i you you would probably know better than me joe yes they want tampa bay from your sentiment uh last week both here on Birds 365, yeah. on the shows I did on WIP, listening to WIP, and checking my own Twitter. Yes, Eagle Fa- Philadelphia, would you prefer me to say that? Philadelphia wanted Tampa Bay over Dallas. That that was their main thing. Some were smart enough like you to uh, back up and say, well, I'd rather have the Cardinals than anybody else, which, of course, is the smart thing to say. Um, but uh, when it came to a specific comparison of who would you rather play, Tampa or Dallas, more said many more. A heavy majority said Dallas instead of Tampa, which I said too many times last week and will say too many times this week as well, I think is nuts. But that was the sentiment of this town, both media and fans, that they would have preferred to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Well, you got what you asked for. Uh, the, the, the Tampa yeah, Bay Buccaneers I, I mean, on the schedule. You know, the Eagles, remember, the Eagles are the seventh seed now. They could have been the sixth seed if Atlanta won. So, you know, it's not the jockeying back and forth and, and, and that kind of thing is not important. But the realization that, look, in the first round of the playoffs, you were going to be up against it no matter who you were facing. You were going to be a significant underdog no matter who you were facing. So it, you're trying to choose the the lesser of, in that case, two evils, but really in four evils. Um, I, I've said pretty consistently, look, I think NFL games are about styles and matchups, and I just don't think they match up now 
right now with the Dallas Cowboys all that well, doesn't mean they match up well with Tampa Bay. It means they match up a little bit better from my perspective. Uh, You're still clinging to that, huh? Yeah. I mean, well, I just don't think they match up with Dallas at all, period. End of sentence. I mean, I don't I don't know how they can deal with that team. You saw the wide receivers, and they didn't even have Michael Gallup. And I got into it on Twitter with one fan who's telling me Quez Watkins is better than Cedric Wilson. Look, I can't help you if you think that. I mean, that kid can play. The only reason he's not on the field is because the guys in front of him are Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup, typically. I mean, he would be a number two receiver on most teams in the NFL. Quez Watkins is the number two receiver out of complete, complete necessity because the Eagles don't have anybody else, and we'll talk about the receivers. And, oof, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside taking the heat off Jalen Rager, at least for a week. (laughs) Yeah, Jalen Rager's happy with that one. But, um. Look, I, I just think that team is tremendously, tremendously talented. And as is Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay is not as healthy as as Dallas. So, you know, if if you came to me and said, all right, Leonard Fournette's ready to go. Chris Godwin's ready to go. Antonio Brown didn't have his latest kerfuffle. I, I, I might have a different conversation, but that's that's not where we are. So, you know, it's not the old adage is true. It's not, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. And I just, you know, think Tampa Bay is a little bit more banged up. So, again, if you're telling me lesser of two evils between those two particular teams, I'm going to go Tampa. But I'd rather have the Rams. You saw the Rams fall apart. Um, that was an embarrassment, the, the, the way they lost that game. And Arizona, and they're going to play each other. I'd rather face both of those teams and, and maybe I shifted a little bit there, but the Rams just, they're not mentally tough enough. And Matthew Stafford now steps in. This was a playoff like (laughs) game that the Rams were in yesterday. And you saw what happened. Uh, Now the actual playoff start where Matthew Stafford has accomplished exactly nothing in his playoff career. Uh, So I'm in agreement with you on the Rams, but somehow the beaten and battered bucks, were able to put up a 41 spot uh, in the game that they needed against uh, Carolina yesterday to secure the second spot in the AF- NFC playoffs. Uh, somehow they seem to rise above the ashes that they are with their injuries. And yes, the same. Well, they're the Super Bowl champions. I mean, I'm not, um, I'm, they have the greatest quarterback of all time. And it, yeah, I, I do keep waiting for other time to finally, you know, Stop hitting snooze on his uh, particular alarm clock when it comes to Tom Brady. I don't know when it's going to happen. Nobody's saying they're a bad team. Um, just, you know, again, there is no Chris Godwin. You know, that's his third down guy. That's his uh, security blanket on third down. Out for the season, uh, obviously, with a torn ACL. Now, I have seen and We'll try to get a Tampa uh, guy on and we'll we'll check things out this week that Leonard Fournette playoff Lenny as they call him down there um, is close to returning we'll see if they try to get him back for the playoffs I think that's a big key because 
Yeah, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell last week. I'm not scared of Le'Veon Bell at this point. I mean, our old friend Kenyon Barner's on that team at this point. So, I mean, even though I always said Leonard Fournette didn't live up to the expectations he had coming out of the draft, he's turned into a very good player uh, in Tampa Bay, which is funny how that works with Tom Brady. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and then we talk about receivers, you know, now it's Tyler Johnson and 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 I, I see even Cyril yeah, Grayson. Your buddy, John, your buddy, your buddy, your buddy got hurt. This reference to the Buccaneers. They still have Mike Evans. Mike Evans is one of the best receivers. And he in the almost got football. hurt. By Yesterday the way. he got eight. He got his eighth consecutive one thousand yard season. First ever player in the National Football League to go for a thousand in his player. first eight years in his career. He, he's playing. He's going to be in the game against the Eagles on Sunday. Chris Godwin isn't. So what? They throw it to Mike Evans. So what? They throw it to Rob Gronkowski, the maybe the greatest tight end in the history of the National Football League. You're you're kind of zero focusing in on the players that the Bucks may or may not be without. Why why are you not looking at the players that the Bucks well, have that the Eagles, carried them because, to a Super Bowl because, victory last year? Because the Eagles have a really good corner. And in theory, they could at least slow down a really good receiver if, if they want to when Darius play, Slay is played in an all-pro level. Now, the problem is when you have the compliment, <clears throat> excuse me, as Dallas has the compliment, compliments, um, then it becomes much more difficult because then you need a big game from Steve Nelson. Then you need a big game from Avante Maddox and not that they're not capable, uh, especially Avante has played at a very high level as a slot corner. Steve Nelson's been competent. I always say as a cornerback too, it just makes it more difficult. And, and when you have a quarterback like Tom, remember, Tom Brady is using everybody. I mean, that's his game. His game isn't what the Eagles do, where it's Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and everybody else gets, uh, you know, they're the big dogs at the bowl and everybody else gets the scraps. The whole mentality of Tom Brady is move the ball around, put the football to everybody, get everybody involved. And, you know, yeah, they have Rob Gronkowski, they have Cameron Great. They're still a good team. I'm not saying they're a great team. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions. I'm not saying they're not a good team. I just think, and it's the old boxing analogy, uh, and I use it all the time, styles make fights. And, you know, there are certain teams, it, there might be a better boxer, but you might what you might match up better against what he does well than a worse boxer who knocks you out in the second round because you can't handle the left hook or whatever, and they got a powerful left hook. I just don't think the Eagles match up with the Dallas Cowboys right now. So you think the uh, Cowboys should be able to easily dispense with the 49ers next week, or do you not like that matchup for Dallas? I I I certainly think Dallas should beat San Francisco. I mean, I haven't sat and studied it uh, to see if, if, if San Francisco matches up better, but you know how I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they should have started train Lance and they probably win that game going away San Francisco yesterday. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, but that's the thing, Jody. I'm not saying they match up with everybody the same way. That, that I don't agree with that. Like, I think certain teams match up with other teams 
better. And it doesn't mean that everybody up else in the league matches up the same exact way. I, I understand that. That's why I'm asking you about how you think the Cowboys match up with the 49ers. I think they're a better team. Um, I think Debo Samuel makes it a little bit more difficult for people because he's such a unique player. Um, I assume Trent Williams is going to be back. I don't know. I mean, that helps him. Um, but again, I, I think the Eagles um, are very similar in the way they play to San Francisco because it's more about the power running game. Right. Uh, they have a little more versatility in the passing game. Uh, because of Kyle Shanahan, his schemes, they use motion and, and that kind of stuff. And they have better playmakers. They have Debo and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, uh, who's the best tight end in football. But I think the Eagles have a better quarterback. So it's kind of tough to tell. But Dallas is a better team than both of them. They should okay. win. They should win. Last the to this, and then we really need to uh, just give some thoughts about what happened Saturday night down at the link. Do you think the Eagles would be an eight-and-a-half-point underdog against Dallas in Dallas this week? Oh. That's, you know, that's tough because um, I think you get some dispensation as the Super Bowl champions. I think that number's a little too large. And I think the Cowboys get some dispensation because they're America's team. So the lines are probably a little bit inflated. But no, probably not. Super Bowl uh, champions uh, has a little more cachet, and so does Tom Brady. Probably not. Yeah, I. Think but it'd be it, really close. Be I really think that close. At the end of the day, Vegas is going to set the line at the spot that they think they can best get uh, even action on both sides, and don't care about who is the America's team and who is the. No, Super but they champion. do care because they know how people default. They know their audience. They know their audience better than anybody else, and they go, "Oh." Tom Brady, Super Bowl champions, people are going to bet on him. And that's how, you know, not everybody is studious, shall we say. So they take advantage of that. Understood. But I actually think the Cowboys might be bigger a uh, name recognition and play than the champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, oh, they're the certainly Patriots, bigger name recognition. No question about that. Patriots might be a little different if Tom was still playing for New England. But uh, even though they are Super Bowl champions, the Bucs just don't match up with the Cowboys. And I'm pretty much guaranteeing you the Eagles wouldn't be an eight-and-a-half-point choice uh, underdog as they are against Tampa. It would be close. Right what do you think the number would be? I mean, I, I think it would be awful close. I will say that. Well, I, I think it would be about six, which is actually a huge difference because it goes past the seven number. But don't want to get into a uh, ga an over-gambling conversation. Um, it, Eagles got their butts kicked against the Cowboys on Saturday. It means next to nothing because it was basically the elevated practice squad that the Eagles were trotting out there. Uh, you texted me and told me that they took all of one guy off the COVID list. We talked about it all week leading up to it, where the Eagles gaming the system to give themselves roster flexibility for Saturday's game. Oh, that's exactly the way it played out. They they uh, activated Jason Kelsey for one play. So they had 12 guys on the COVID list. They activated one, and he played one play. 
That's basically resigning before the game ever starts. All the practice squad players, then they deactivate, including their starting quarterback, basically every other starter that was left on the team. So uh, I know you've got your opinion about the Cowboys. You think it's a bad matchup for the Eagles and you think they're primed to prep to go to the playoffs. Did you learn anything on Saturday in the mismatch that took place at Lincoln Financial Field? No, no nothing. I, I mean, again, when the law firm of McPherson, Vincent, and Scott is trying to deal with uh, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Cedric Wilson, in a lot of ways, it was amazing. I think they hung in the game. They tied it. Let's see. They tied it with 12-24 left in the uh, uh, second quarter. Uh, they were in the game. They tied it at 17-17 with 340 left in the second quarter. So they were in the game for the the first half. And uh, the issue was the bad punt. And that was really, you know, the Cowboys went right down the field. Then they had the bad Aaron Seapas. By the way, you got to be concerned about Aaron Seapas, who was great uh, at the beginning of the season. So I don't know if it's the 29-year-old rookie wall, but he has not been good recently. Um, and he had two really bad punts um, in that particular game. So maybe worry about individual things like that. Uh, but they actually hung in the game for for longer than I would have expected. Uh, and, and they especially played well offensively. And again, man, they ran for 149 yards or something like that. I, I, I mean, they lead the league with 161. or And, yeah, they have Andre Dillard, Suho, Pat are, are capable players. We've seen that. Uh, but, you know, you're down to Brett Toths and LaRaven Clarks and Jack Andersons, who people wouldn't even know if not for sleeve tattoos. I mean, uh, Jeff Stoutland is just amazing. We talk about it all the time on this show. I, but, and again, I, I just watched, if, if you watched last night's game, which obviously was tremendous uh, uh, season finale, drama, everything you want, Pittsburgh on the edge of their seat, they're going to tie this stinking game. The Steelers are going to be out of the playoffs, and Daniel Carson makes the kick in overtime. If you watch that game and you watch poor Storm Norton trying to block Max Crosby, again, this is a borderline playoff team, the Chargers. That is a good football team. Not a great team, but a good team. They can't block anybody. Imagine how good Justin Herbert would be if they could block. Um, This is prevalent all throughout the league i tell everyone on the show watch other games watch other teams it is amazing how poor the offensive line play is in this league now tampa unfortunately is not in that category um the eagles are not in that category there's about five really good offensive lines and you're lucky enough in philadelphia to be watching one of them but More impressive than how good the offensive line is, the typical offensive line, is how he gets these guys ready to play. LaRaven Clark looked more capable than Storm Norton. He's their fourth right tackle. I I, I mean, but and and by the way, you know, Dallas played DeMarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory a large portion of that game. 
That he wasn't blocking nobody's. Uh, those are good players. Maybe not Max Crosby level this year. Max has had a great year, but um, I, I mean, it, it is one of the most amazing things to me. And I always talk about, I've been talking about it recently because I got killed for, God forbid, saying Howie Roseman isn't terrible at his job. I'm, I'm enemy, you know, number one now. Um, so I've been getting killing for that. And I say Eagles fans are spoiled because they don't know how the other half lives. That's similar with the offensive line. I mean, they are spoiled with the offensive line. Absolutely spoiled. Agree on that. And Stoutland is a borderline miracle worker. Uh, but to re-reference your buddy, Howie, top five general manager, Rosen, how did all those secondary guys that he's been picking up here, there, through trade, off the waiver wire, how'd they look on Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys passing game? Yeah, not good. Uh, not good. Um, but again, you talk about, I mean, most uh, starting corners uh, don't look good against the Cowboys receivers. That's part of the problem uh, when you're playing the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're really good. They're really That's the best wide receiver group in the NFL. Um, and by far, when Gallup is healthy, because um, again, so I don't, I don't think people realize how good Cedric Wilson is. Every time the guy's got a play, he puts up on – I mean, he makes plays all over the place, and he just killed the Eagles. Um, and, again, he's their fourth option at the wide receiver position. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I don't know how many starting groups match up against Cooper, Lamb, Gallup, slash Wilson. Uh, and that's, you know, that's one of the issues when you're playing. But certainly Zach McPherson – uh, Kerry Vincent Jr. and Josiah Scott are not amongst the group that can match up with that receiving core. Luckily, they don't have to play. I, I've been saying all year, Jody, if they had an injury, one of the one of the luckiest breaks the Eagles got is that their corner stayed healthy for the vast majority. You had the concussion for Darius Slay that cost them about a quarter and a half in, in one game. Other than that, these guys have been relatively healthy. I think Avante had a concussion issue once. Um, if they were forced to play Zach McPherson or or Carrie Benson or Mac McCain or um, Tay Gowan, Tay Gowan, yeah, thanks for Josiah Scott. It would not be pretty. Would not. And oh, by the way, again, we, we're trying to stay focused on what's directly in front of us, which is a playoff matchup against Tampa. But we always do have a at least a quarter of an eye ahead toward the future. You better consider giving Steven Nelson a contract extension. Uh, no, they got him. I give Howie Roseman a lot of credit for being patient, playing the waiting game, getting him at his price more so than Steven Nelson's price. Steven Nelson's been damn good. And if you look at what else is behind him on this roster as of right now, yeah, I'd go to links to try and make sure I re-secure Steven Nelson going forward. I, I want him back. Well, I'm, remember, and we don't, well, this is playoff week, but remember the Eagles also, now it's locked in. They got 15 and 16 back-to-back in the first round of the draft, and then they'll have their own pick, which can range anywhere from, 
um, 19 to 32, depending on how the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to take up. under 32. I'm going to take under 32 as well. But you get my point. It's not locked in yet. Um, 15 to 16, go get a corner. Well, I, I'll go get a corner, but I'm still trying to bring Steven Nelson back. Uh, there's a lot of things they could do with those three picks upcoming. A corner being one of them, I'm perfectly cool with that. Absolutely have to stick them in and expect them to start next year. Now, I'd rather have the luxury of letting it be a competition. Uh, and, yeah, I got bad news. The guys who were asked to step in. Granted, Prescott, uh, the, the Dallas wide receivers, that that's a tough task. And they were thrown into the deep end of the pool here. But they sank like a rock. So I would rather have <laughs> yeah, better options at the cor cornerback position going into next season. I.e. John McNaught, Mullen on Jody McDonald. A couple other notes from Saturday. Then we completely turn the page toward the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and playoff football. An accomplishment into the, to itself. This was not supposed to be a playoff team this year. New coach, wet behind the ears quarterback, entire new coaching staff. An owner who called the season, uh, uh, now I'm forgetting the word. Um, Transition. Transitional year. Thank you, Johnny McMullen. Uh, transitional year long before it ever started. They transitioned, all right. Transitioned back into being a playoff team after 4-11-1 last year. Uh, we'll uh, continue talking all aspects of the Eagles here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. A little later on uh, next hour, Chris Franklin, our buddy from NJ.com, will hop aboard in the office. Preview the Eagles and the Bucks after the beatdown Eagles took at the hands of the Cowboys. Uh, any people, as the scoreboard just kept uh, ching ching <laughs> with Cowboy points getting up to the 50 spot, uh, anybody going? Yeah, maybe this wasn't the greatest idea that uh, Nick Sirianni decided to give basically the entire starting unit the night off. Um, I know you and I sat here on Bird 365 and speculated it was going to be a preseason game-like atmosphere, and that's exactly what it turned out to be. And both you and I were on board with it. Uh, Anyone of your compatriots down there in the Eagle press box start rolling their eyes as the points kept rolling up for the Cowboys? Well, I think there were a lot of people rolling their eyes. I think even Nick Sirianni was rolling his eyes. He showed some frustration at times. There were a couple times he was glaring at Mike McCarthy. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, for the you first th- you time, you think so, huh? I I think in the moment he was a little bit frustrated, uh, but no, I don't think it meant, means anything. After the game, I've seen Nick as testy as I've ever seen Nick. Uh, when he kept getting, I think it was Bo, it was Bo Wolf kept asking about the COVID strategy, the COVID shenanigans, as I like to say. And he said, he got testy. He was like, they're sick. I'm, I'm like, eh. and, you know, everybody rolls their eyes at that. You know, magically, the one guy who's able to get over the sickness is the one guy who's got to play one snap to get his uh, keep his consecutive game streak. Uh, extended, you know, it's amazing how science always lines up with what the NFL and NFL teams want. Um, So I think he was a little bit upset that people are pointing out the obvious uh, hypocrisy of what's going on, which is a bigger thing than the Eagles. But, you know, he's the one who's got to get the brunt of it. And nobody wants to be reflected as somebody – who's not taking this seriously because you'll get shouted down in the town square and all that kind of stuff. But they used it as a strategy, obviously. I'm sorry. If you're watching this, Nick, I'm sorry. The Eagles used it as a strategy. There's nothing wrong with it. You didn't break any rules. That's what the NFL allows you. But I think he showed some frustration with that as well. So I think in the moment... Right, but a, let, let me interrupt you for a second, and uh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just want to add to the discussion. 
if you're telling me that and you're judging uh, from a distance, you're not right there uh, on top of him, that Nick Sirianni didn't like the questions as they were asked. Tough toenails, Nick. You well, yeah. used it as a strategy within a rule strategy, borderline and applaudable strategy to give yourself rockster flexibility. You elevated 11 practice squad guys. There's a reason they're on the practice squad because they're not as good as your first 50 guys. So when you put them out there for long stretches against a team that's going to the playoffs that's won your division, you should not be shocked or taken aback by the holy mackerel the Cowboys put up a 50 spot. Yeah, they should have against your practice squad guys. If you're going to do that to give yourself a competitive advantage, which you see next week in the playoffs, because your guys are well-rested, okay, fine, that's good. Take your medicine, to use a probably poor choice of words, since we're talking about COVID here. Take your medicine. Suck it up. You ate a 50 spot. You chose to do that by playing all your practice squad guys. You're not going to get any sympathy from me or... Most Eagle fans, buddy, you, you, you made the call the way you made it. You didn't care about the outcome of the game. Well, the outcome of the game is they hung a 50 spot on you. Suck it up and take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, the questions, he had to be prepped. He knew they were coming at some point. It's it's an obvious subterfuge of whatever word you want to use. Uh, and, and again, it's not against the rules as they have reshaped them. Um, and I, that was, by the way, that was what made me say Howie Roseman is a top five general manager. That move, not talent evaluation, because the Eagles are always looking for a slight advantage and they're always gaming the system as best as possible. They probably do it better than anybody but New England. Um, they're right in that top tier category. They take advantage of every little thing to try to get the slightest advantage to win a football game. This is what they did to try to get a slight advantage in advance of what turns out going in the Tampa Bay. I personally have no problem with it. Now, I do think as a competitive person, as I said, in the moment, I think Nick Sirianni was a little frustrated at times in the moment. I don't think it means anything. I don't think it's worth even discussing um i only bring it up because there were some obvious moments on the sidelines where he was a little upset but you know you asked me is anybody gonna hold this against him no unless they lay an egg and get completely blown out in tampa bay then, yeah, people are going to play the revisionist history game and say, you should have played your guys. You blah, 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 blah. They're going to do that. But that's just the nature of the NFL. Right. And I think Sirianni, even though he's still wet behind the ears, first year, whatever, that, that much I think he gets. that he, They made a call as an organization, and they're going to sink or swim with it. They're going to live and die with it. And we'll see what kind of a healthy roster they have coming into the first playoff game against Tampa. All right, John, I want to get your uh, opinion on this because you're a guy who's in the in the trenches on the beat every day, see every press observation uh, that the Eagles offered during the course of this year. Um, I got a call on my CBS show uh, over the weekend, 
and I thought a call wolf caller woefully overstated something, and I just want to confirm it with you because you'd know better than me because you're there every day. He was not a big Jonathan Gannon fan and said he thought that the Eagles uh, would not be able to win as long as Jonathan Gannon was their defensive coordinator. Well, they have already won, and they've uh, already made the playoffs. Uh, so he's wrong to begin with. Yeah. But let me finish making the point he attempted to make. He thinks that Gannon was completely dictated to by Nick Sirianni after the Eagles got off to the slow start that they did. I'll tell you, that was just as much about the offense as the defense and not committing to run the ball until a certain. But the, the, the defense wasn't great early in the season. And you and I and a lot of other people sat here and criticized Gannon for not being aggressive enough. That All right, fine. You want to sit back in the zone, not give up any other plays. Watch the other team take 11 plays to go down the field and stick it in the end zone to get you, Jonathan. Death by a thousand cuts is still death. We certainly said it here. He said that he believes Nick Sirianni he basically threatened Jonathan Gannon with his job if he didn't get more aggressive. Um, I know he passed one comment in one press gathering about talking about talking to Gannon that, yes, he wanted hard to conversation, hard conversation, had That's a hard it. conversation with yeah. when was that? That was very early in the season. I'll have to look back and try to do it in the break uh, of which game, but obviously they were, there were a number of games in the two and five start where, yeah, the 80, 90% um, might've been after the Vegas game. Everybody was Vegas, Vegas. That was the game that kind of turned the season around. His job was never threatened. Um, he was never in danger of, of being fired by Nick Sirianni. It's it's amazing how people take a baton and run with it. And that's one of the things you have to be careful of as an NFL head coach. Um, because when you say things, and Nick is more honest and more willing to share things than most NFL head coaches. I mean, he um, and Xander says it was after the Chiefs loss, according to the, the Inquirer. So um, that's probably correct after the Chiefs loss. And obviously... Um, that Patrick Mahomes was one of the 80% club um, uh, and the Eagles were not playing well defensively. What are, what are the things I think, because Nick is so typically so affable and I, I brought up to him getting upset about the COVID questions as an example, after this game, he, he gets mad. He yells at people. He, he's got, and, and I'll say that as well, you know, he's Italian. He's got the temper as well. And, he, he, you know, he's not afraid to to uh, make his uh, thoughts and processes what he wants done known. And he was not happy about how the defense was playing. But, I, you know, this glorious change i don't know what people think they're seeing there hasn't been this glorious change on how the eagles play defensive football you know they made some evaluation mistakes early most notably eric wilson and you moved to tj edwards which was a big pivot point of this season for this particular defense who by the way tj edwards was one of the few starters dressed against the Cowboys, but didn't play at all. Right. So he dressed, he and Jordan Mylotta dressed, but didn't play at all. Um, 
they came in to uh, Saturday night's game with the third lowest blitz rate in the NFL. I was going to ask you that exact question. I knew they were in the bottom five. Third lowest blitz rate? Third. Third lowest blitz. So this assumption and that the, And that's fans... with a transformation. Yeah. A Nick Sirianni injected transformation, yeah. supposedly, in Jonathan Gannon that got him to be this uber-aggressive guy. They're still third from the bottom in blitz rate. So yeah. you are 100% right. There hasn't been that big a no. change in the Eagles' defense. No, it's the players executing better. We mentioned Darius Slade. We mentioned the cornerbacks as a whole. Uh, the safeties, Rodney McLeod, as he's gotten farther off. Um, the ACL injury has started to play a little bit better. Marcus Epps has gotten involved and played, I think, better than people expected. And most notably, the defensive line has played much better in the second half of the season than the first half of the season. And that's what the Eagles' whole defense is based on, that defensive line. And when they play well, the Eagles usually play well defensively. When they don't play as well, they don't play as well defensively. And then you do have the quarterbacks, and which is the simplest explanation of all. They struggled with good quarterbacks, and they did well against bad quarterbacks. Magic. It's like magic, Jody. It is. And uh, John, by the end of the week, you're going to want to punch me in the face. I'm going to continue to return to. Yeah. And then there's Tom Brady, um, who they yes, did not play well against. Tom did not Brady. play well against him. And they've got to play against him in his house this Sunday rather than here at Lincoln Financial Field like earlier in the season. And even though Dak Prescott did what he did to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Those players in uniform on Saturday night were Philadelphia Eagles practice squad players playing in an NFL game. Um, yeah, I, I'd rather take my chance of trying to stop Dak Prescott than stop Tom Brady like they're going to have to on Sunday. Uh, flip side, Kenny Gainwell, big game on the offensive side, had become kind of a forgotten man in the Eagle backfield with Miles Sanders being the number one, Jordan Howard off the scrap heap, jumping in when necessary, helping the Eagles win games. Boston Scott, all he does is score touchdowns and make big runs. Kenton Gainwell kind of got pushed to the sidelines, pushed into the shadows, got the chance with all three of the top three running backs being out. Certainly showed up against Dallas's number one defense. All right, they were missing Diggs. All right, they were missing Micah Parsons. But basically the rest of the – oh, and they were missing Curse, their safety too. Yeah, but the Cowboys actually <laughs> worked out a couple of players. Yeah. Um, but still, a good number of their starters, Kenneth Gainwell, came up pretty damn big for the Eagles on a game that they didn't really even need to win. But he got to show up and show out. Uh, how does that affect the way that he'll be used in the playoff game on Saturday, do you think? Ah, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think much, to be honest, Jody. I, I, and a lot, you know. Look, if Miles Sanders is back, and we we had that discussion a little bit last week, get a better, hopefully better indication. Nick's going to talk at about noonish, twelve fifteen ish today. Um, if, if Miles plays, I don't think he's going to be involved at all uh, with the offense for the most part. Remember the, the, the strength of Kenny Gainwell at this point is really the receiving aspect of things. And, you know, 
Well, we'll use Tom Brady. Look at Tom Brady, how he uses his backs traditionally in the passing game, and really even more so New England than now in Tampa Bay. But he still gets everybody involved, whether it's Fournette, Jones, Bell. Uh, I forget who they started yesterday. Um, I don't even keep uh, Vaughn. Uh, he gets everybody involved in the passing game. It's not the Eagles thing and at this stage. They're not that type of offense. You know, I think one of the most interesting comments, I asked Nick about who stood out in the game, and, and he brought up Quez Watkins. I and, and he made a quote, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not direct. We're, you know, the fact that Quez ended up with over 600 yards in this type of offense, he thought was a big positive. And I thought it was interesting that he said this type of offense. Because he's telling you something there. Look, they don't throw the ball a lot. And, you know, Kenny Gainwell, if he were on Tampa Bay, I think would be a big impactful part of the part of a, a third down package. The Eagles aren't going to do that right now. So it's going to be Miles. It's going to be Jordan Howard. It's going to be Boston Scott. And if it's not Miles, um, it's going to be Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. So there's not a lot to go around past that. I, I am a Nick Sirianni fan. I think I've well established that here on Birds 365. I didn't bury him when he had his introductory press conference the way some others did. Uh, I've always liked the guy and uh, have talked about him getting votes for Coach of the Year in the National Football League this year. Shame on him. Oh, wow. Shame on him. And I'm not talking about him getting upset because the Cowboys got 50 points against him. He didn't want a cop to using the COVID list to expand his roster. No, this is what I'm referring to. He's had months, not days, not weeks, months to get Kenny Gainwell up to speed as a oh, slot, a slot wide receiver. receiver for this football team. Hey, by the months. way. Months to prepare for this. By the way, as they have Jordan Howard stepped in and showed that he could run the football, and they didn't need Kenny Gainwell as their third back in the triumvirate of backs. They should have been practicing, working on getting him up to speed as a split out player. Well, Above well, and I'm, beyond I'm, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, JJ Orsega Whiteside. Why the hell isn't this kid playing wide receiver for the Eagles? And don't tell me they didn't plan on it. That's what you have practice for. That's well, what you have game tape time for. How is he not ready to play wide receiver in this league? You are fired up this morning, Jody. I'm going to turn this around. And somebody on... gave me a hard time on Twitter about, uh, uh, oh, Kenny Gamewell looked good. You said Kenny Gamewell couldn't play. No, neither you nor I said last week Kenny oh, Gainwell could play. I said Kenny Gainwell could be thrown into the fire, into the deep end of the pool because the Eagles' top three running backs all might be out of the game. I didn't say he's going to sink. I just said it was a big ask they were asking for. And, oh, by the way, he came up big and one of the few players who played well for them on Saturday night. So I'd like to figure out a way how to get him more involved in this playoff game against Tampa. Oh, here's an idea. Maybe you split him out and use him as a wide receiver because your wide receivers stink after Devontae Smith. And have they gotten to that point? Two months. Two months they've had to get ready for this, and he still doesn't get well, split I'm out Well, I'm going to turn this receiver. around on you for Nick Sirianni, but 
first off, I'm going to give you some advice. Just hit the mute button on Twitter. It's not worth it. But second, no, I like to listen to the people. Sometimes but, they come up with really good points. Well, I've only, idiotic, yeah, but... Uh, yeah. But if you start to say things that weren't said, and you start to give the old misinformation, that's where I, I, I shut it down. However, it Devonte Smith about it was about two weeks ago let the cat out of the bag, and he said, "Kenny's in our room." when Kenny's in our room, the Eagles have been working on it. So you got to give, and Kenny Gainwell, all of a sudden, Devontae Smith says this sort of off the cuff. And I'm like, what? And the ears raised. And sure enough, next time I'm at practice, I'm watching the wide receivers. Kenny Gainwell started with the wide receivers. Then he went over to the running backs and individual drills. So Nick Sirianni, the guy you're you're blasting there for not doing it, is working on it. Is working on it. So you got to give them at least to the credit. Obviously, they're not at the point where they want to use it, but they are working on it. And they probably had the same idea that you had and said, "Well, guess what? <laughs> These guys aren't very good. Let's see if we can get Kenny up to speed." But, you know, it is a difficult transition. It's not like you can just throw it out there and roll it out there and say, uh, you know, Kenny Gainwell can turn into an NFL receiver running routes. And, you know, it's a different it, it's a different ball game. Generally, running backs, even the really good receiving running backs, remember who they're dealing with. They're typically coming out of the backfield dealing with linebackers, maybe a strong safety occasionally if you're really good. Then all of a sudden, if you put them out wide, a lot of times they have to deal with corners if they're playing the, an actual wide receiver position. And then what is a matchup strength turns into a matchup weakness because even the the Kerry Vincents of the world and the Zach, Zach McPhersons of the world are going to be able to lock down running backs. So it is something that, it, you know, it's a good idea. You've mentioned the idea. I've mentioned the idea. Why not try it? Because the Eagles wide receivers are so poor and the back end of the depth chart. They're working on it. They are working on it. Devontae let the cat out of the bag. Again, you know better than me. Thank you for clarifying that for me. I thought this about week five, maybe week six. We're in week 18, John. It's been 12 weeks. After the first five or six weeks of the season, I would have started to at least think about and ask the wide receiver, hey, can we get Kenny to get a couple of reps with you guys? It's, uh, they're a little late to the party is my only point. And if they don't have him prepped and ready by this point, it's because they were a little late to the party. Uh, I'm not an Eagles coach, but five or six weeks into the season, I could see, you know, this wide receiver group really isn't very good. We got one stud in Devontae Smith, and then we got a bunch of facsimiles at best. How can we add to it? Howie, what's the chance you get me a wide receiver? Oh, no, he didn't do that before the trade deadline. Howie, how about getting one off the scrap heap for me? Oh, he hasn't been able to do that. Oh, we got Kenny Gainwell here. How about we try and transform him to a wide receiver? Oh, it only took him till week. You're telling me the first time was the last couple of weeks. 
week 13. Week yeah, 14. I don't know when it started, but and, and the only reason we know is because Devontae brought it up out of nowhere. Nobody asked him, and he said, "We." somebody asked him, uh, it was more of a rookie question, uh, his fellow rookie class, and they started, um, you know, he started running down some of the rookies, and he mentioned when Kenny's with us, and that's when my ears perked up. And, yeah, sure enough, he's been working with the receivers. So they are cross-training him. I don't know when it started, um, but it's interesting. You know, now that you bring this up, I'm, I'm going to have to ask Nick this at some point. It's tough to waste it on a playoff week, but um, I'm going to ask him at some point when, when it started and, and what the goal is, and hopefully he'll he'll give some information on that. But who knows? If I'm late in the press conference today, maybe I'll even ask it today if all all the other stuff is. There you go. If if everything has uh, already been asked. Uh, yeah, I, I'd really like to know that. Um, and, oh, by the way, the guy who's going to get the ball uh, to uh, Kenny Gainwell, if he does play any wide receiver in this game up against Tampa, is Jalen Hurts who's on the sideline, masked up, warm, uh, not even activated for the game. They said that the week will truly help his ankle. I don't think it could possibly hurt. I don't know how much better it's going to get. He looked pretty good in the last game he played. I'd say he's uh, damn close to 100% as is. Playoffs, first ever. He played in major playoff games on the collegiate level, had uh, phenomenal games in big spots was lifted from one championship game at one point. Um, but uh, what kind of a – we know he's going to have the right mindset because he's just that kind of kid. He preps well. He doesn't get overly excited. He's got a calm, cool uh, demeanor about everything. How do you think he handles the pressure that is NFL playoffs? I I, I think he handles that part of it well. I, I You know, with Jalen, I never – question the intangibles i've said this numerous times and it's true it's 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 almost backwards of a normal typical young quarterback like the uh, hurt justin herbert you saw last night um joe burrow would be the two young quarterbacks who i look at and say okay those guys are going to be superstars in this league but when you talk, and even maybe Trevor Lawrence is a better indication of this because he's such a good prospect, but obviously had a terrible rookie season in a terrible team. But you saw even week 18, you saw some, you know, what people see in Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Um, when you talk about young quarterbacks, that's the stuff you worry about. Okay, you know he has the talent, but does he have the intangibles? Does he have the leadership? Does he, Will people follow him? Is he cool under pressure? Can he handle the two minute drills? Can he lead a team back? Um, that's the kind of stuff you worry about and say, well, if he can do that, if he can figure out that part of it, he's going to be really, really good. Um, with Jalen, it's the exact opposite. You know, he's he's like he he's a flat line. Uh, he never gets uh, rattled ever. It's amazing almost to the point at his age. Um, and and you worry, okay, you know, if you're down two scores, could, does he have the, the the ability to bring you back? Uh, does he have the, the passing ability uh, to just sit in the pack pocket? And that's been one of the silver linings of this ankle injury. He's been forced 
um, to sit in the pocket much more. The running game hasn't been as big uh, of a part of it. And he's won games. Not always the prettiest thing in the world. But, you know, as JG will say, we'll bring him up, you know, what's the only stat that matters? People bring up pressure rates and sacks and blah, blah, blah. And he always says, wins and losses. That's the only thing I care about. Same thing with 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 quarterbacks. He's winning games. You know, are the style points there? Is he going to throw for 525 yards? No. Do you win the game? He finds ways to win games. I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him. I don't, I don't even worry about that. Yeah, nor do I. And the thing that has impressed me most over the last three, four games when he's been dealing uh, with the ankle injury after uh, he was injured is not only staying in the pocket, but stepping up in the pocket, which he did, really didn't do for the first five, six games of the season. If, as soon as the pocket collapsed, he was gone. He's taken off. He's running. He's stepping up in the pocket to either make a play or stepping up into the pocket and then going sideways and doing something off schedule. Uh, he really has improved greatly in that for me over the last month of the season. And he's going to have to do it against the Bucs uh, because they do get after the quarterback a little bit. Shaq Barrett, who's been out of their lineup the last couple of weeks, you mentioned back in the first segment about the banged up Bucks. The Bucs are getting a little healthy. It looks like they're going to get Shaq Barrett for this game. Uh, they may get Leonard Fournette. The banged-up Bucks might not be as banged up as by the time the game rolls around on Sunday. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Come back. Talk more about the matchup with Tampa coming up on Sunday. Uh, Chris Franklin from NJ.com will join us in hour number two here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Got it on Bird Street. Live here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We appreciate your hopping aboard with us. And while you're at it, why don't you hit that like button? Uh, like, subscribe. Uh, we're here for you each and every single day. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. And it is playoff week. So you want to be here with us each and every single week. Uh, do us a favor. Give us a help with our algorithm. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I'm told to say it. So please do so. Hit that like button for us here on Birds 365. All right, J-Mac, another unfortunate uh, fallout from Saturday's beatdown at the hands of the Cowboys was the fact that Tyree Jackson, who actually flashed a little bit, you knew he was going to be one of the guys who was going to get a chance to play Dallas Goddard, not out of COVID protocol. Uh, uh, Dick Rod gets his chance to play again for the Eagles. But Tyree Jackson did play, made a couple of catches, was targeted, but got hurt on a non-contact injury and just blew out his ACL. Uh, this guy has been under a little bit of a dark cloud this year. Flashes in camp, uh, gets everybody, including yours truly, because my buddy John McMullen is telling me how good he looks at practice and his opening eyes. So I started to get excited about him. Uh, injury right before the uh, season starts, so we don't get a chance to see him until well into the season. Sure enough, they trade uh, Zach Ertz, and he gets his chance to step in. Um, he's not as good a blocker, so he doesn't play as much as I would have liked. This was supposed to be his coming out party, and he actually got a touchdown. More power to him, but boom. Now his season is done, and it even probably is going to carry into next season. What has this guy done wrong that he's had such injury problems, John, that it seems like his career is hanging under a dark cloud? Huh, well, I mean, this injury in training camp, I mean, that came on a play where he just skied. And remember, he is a six foot seven guy, and he just went up to catch a a pass in the end zone, and he caught it and he laid and he landed flat on his back. Uh, he had to extend so much, and he obviously uh, had a small fracture in his back. So a lot of times it's just bad luck and torn ACL covering the punt, one of the bad punts, by the way. I think it was the 24-yard punt. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it is just – and that's why, you know, this this incessant and that's what the Eagles were doing. Let's be honest. They wanted to avoid injuries to their key players. And certain guys had to play. And obviously as the 
third string tight end typically. Uh, you know, Dallas Goddard and Jack Stoll were on the COVID list. Uh, they were two of the players. Um, he had to play and he got hurt, and that's unfortunate. Uh, Andre Dillard went down as well late in that game. Uh, we'll get some, uh, hopefully, more clarification on that. I think there was one other. I can't remember, but um, I'll have to think about it. Um, somebody's got to play. And Tyree was one. And, and it's a bigger deal than people think because the Eagles have gone to such heavy 12 and 13 personnel, two tight ends and three tight ends. And he's right. with the 13. He was the third tight end. Now they'll, you know, they'll just bring up Richard Rogers, I would assume from the practice squad. And, you know, as a veteran player, he'll be fine. He can handle the role and arguably would be even better to be honest at this stage. But um, it's never fun, especially with a developmental project. Remember, you know, here's a guy who was a, a quarterback in college, a quarterback trying to make the Buffalo Bills as well, went to the University of Buffalo, and then shipped the tight end. I mean, he needs the offseason. He needs uh, to develop and continue to to uh, transition positions. And he's going to be out nine months now. So, you know, do the math. He's not going to have much of an offseason. Um, and that's going to that's going to affect him. Uh, moving forward. And Jack Stoll will be the guy when they go two tight ends because uh, he's probably a better blocker at this stage than Tyree yeah, is anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. and he's he's typically – so it's not – like I said, he's the third tight end, but they use, they've been using 13 personnel about 20% of the time over the last month. They, they've been using it a lot before the Cowboys game uh, when they had Goddard and Stoll. And then they would bring Tyree in. And there's different ways you can do that. As I said, Richard Rodgers will most likely be the guy. Um, and you could even use, uh, if you're just using it as a blocking formation, you could use it uh, as a backup tackle as that extra tight end. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can do it. I don't think it's going to affect the Eagles that much. It's certainly going to affect Tyree Jackson who, again, he gets hurt, you know, in January, nine months of September, and that's when the season starts. So you have a developmental guy who the Eagles were very excited about that can't develop because he's going to have to spend the offseason rehabbing. Unfortunately, they've already tipped their hand with the tight end eligible Lane Johnson play, did so during the regular season. How much bigger would that be if it happened in a playoff game against the Bucks this upcoming week? But uh, I think they'll probably hold on to that one for a, a future uh, game. Um, did want to mention, I know you uh, ran out the fact that the Eagles uh, draft picks are uh, pretty much set. That as a matter of fact, as it 17 and 18, the draft picks that they got for the Colts. I, I wrote it down uh, 15 somewhere. and 16. 15, 15 16. And, uh, and everyone else is uh, a playoff team. So if the Eagles don't beat the Bucks on Saturday with their 9 and 8 record, they would be the first team in the uh, uh, non-playoff teams to come up in the draft. So there's a good chance. Sorry, Eagle fans. And you can try and convince me otherwise between now and Friday that the Eagles are going to draft number 15, number 16, and number 17. Three consecutive picks 
in an NFL draft. Uh, we got to get our researchers working on this one. If that's ever happened before in the NFL draft, that one team has had three consecutive picks, there's a really good chance that that's exactly how it's going now, to that, Now, they're, they're, they'll be 15, 16, 19, because there's 18 teams uh, out, uh, 14 in. So it's right now, if they lose, it would be 15, 16, Oh, right. You're right. I was thinking about it the other way around. So, yeah, uh, they won't get three picks in a row, but three picks very close to each other. And I personally want to thank Carson Wentz for making that possible. Uh, that <laughs> the Eagles fans do. The Chargers, by the way, are 17. The Saints would be 18. And then Philadelphia, if they lose in the uh, first round of the playoffs, they would end up with 19. Gotcha. Uh, so right now it's 15, it's 16 because of the Colts implosion. And by the way, oof, Carson Wentz was just, that was 2020 level Carson Wentz. But you know what, Jody? Um, John, they did not play well. I mean, they had a fourth. Jonathan Taylor, as people have talked about, his potential MVP. Um, you know, Quentin Nelson, one of the best, arguably the best offensive linemen. You know, that Jags front really got after Michael Pittman had a chance to make a play on a on a good throw, failed to catch it in. Look, Carson was terrible, but too often people boil it down to just the quarterback. Um, that whole team was terrible. And that was that was a frustrating performance. But certainly it starts with the quarterback. I, I just don't understand the the giddiness of certain Eagles fans. I mean, you know, it's done. Turn the page. He, he helped you get your Super Bowl win, whether people want to acknowledge it or not. That's fine. And then, yeah, is there a little piling on going on here in this town because of Carson Wentz? Yeah, probably a little bit. But I think you're downplaying the year that Carson had. Yeah, he was Carson 2020 in this particular game. He wasn't far from it for most of the season, as a matter of fact. He's got the best running back in the NFL standing behind him. That should make your life significantly easier as a quarterback. He's got arguably the best offensive line, not in his division, not in his conference, in all of football. I'll put their offensive line against any offensive line including the very good one he played in front of here in Philadelphia last year and this year when they were a little bit healthier on the offensive line. But not really because Sam and Brooks. Sam and Brooks have been out for so long that we forgot that they both missed basically the entire season. And the guys that the Eagles have plugged in have done such a good job. We almost forget that. Um, but he had a good offensive line when he was here. So uh, he didn't have the best wide receivers when he was here. I would say the... Colts wide receivers right now are below average. Doyle's an okay tight end. Not great, but an okay tight end. He's, he's got uh, okay weapons on the outside. But he's got the best running back in the league and arguably, arguably the best offensive line in the league. And he was a mediocre quarterback with a big choke job at the end. That's a pretty bad season for Carson Wentz. Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, compared to last year, I mean, he's an average quarterback. Could he actually be worse than he was last year? No, like, he 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 was improved uh, from last season. That looked like a 2020 Carson Wentz game. 
that in in the biggest spot. So uh, he was improved, but I I think now you see. Look, the guy has never been the same since the the 2017 injury. He's never been the same player. Um, and different injuries affect. You know, that's one of the reasons because I saw it with Carson up close. You remember way back, Jody, when we were talking about, uh, you know, projections, and I was concerned about Joe Burrow because he was coming off a similar injury. And Joe hasn't struggled at all. Um, He's been great. I remember who that was. And I like him. You like him. We had him on the show. We haven't had him back on since. We should try again. It was Mike Tannenbaum who came on Birds 365 and said, yeah, Keep an eye on Joe Burrow this year because when those quarterbacks have those lower body injuries and it affects their ability to move in the pocket, make plays outside, that was a pretty devastating injury that Burrow had. Yeah, I'd keep a close eye on Burrow here because he could take a step back. Man, is he taking four steps forward. Uh, and Mike didn't say, I'm predicting failure for Joe Burrow the rest of his career. He didn't say that, but he no. said, keep a close eye on him. Well, he was right because – what I went and and Mike kind of uh, echoed my view because you can go back to um, RG three. You know, people forget how good Robert Griffin was his rookie season, and then he tore his ACL and LCL in the playoffs, and you know he was just phenomenal. He was never the same guy. Uh, now he was a more obviously movement based quarterback. Carson Wentz as well. Uh, a lot of movement to his game. I think Joe is more of a pocket guy, so maybe that helps him. Um, but I was concerned about it because I, I saw it with RG3. I saw it with Carson Wentz, and Joe Burrow's been able to overcome it, and good for him. Um, he's never been the same guy, and he looked like he was going to be an elite player here before the injury. He was an elite player. He was arguably on his way to winning the MVP award. And then after, he was never the same. Now, the weirdest part to me, though, he still was okay in 2018 when he came back in 2019. But then he just fell off a cliff in 2020. So that part I can't necessarily understand. But look, it worked out in the short term. It got the Eagles a Super Bowl championship. It didn't work out as long as people had hoped. And now, you know, you've turned the page and, uh, again, you know, We'll go back to Howie Roseman. So Howie Roseman got a first and a third round pick for a declining player that's not very good at the quarterback position. Oh, by the way, first Black Monday coming across. Mike Zimmer out. Rick Spielman out. The guys who got yeah, the guys who got Justin Jefferson out. Um, There's more to it than one pick on one particular day. Howie Roseman's good at his job. I'm yeah. sorry, people. And and you're right about uh, Howie getting a one and a three. Now, he, I'll give Howie some credit, but he doesn't get complete credit because, let's be honest, Carson Wentz forced his way out of town. It wasn't like Howie Roseman looked into his football yeah, but that makes it harder and <laughs> said, oh, my, we need to move away from Carson Wentz because he's never going to be Carson Wentz 2017 again. So let us make the best deal that we can and get on well, with Well, there's a lot. No, there's, Carson Wentz yeah. said, I don't want any part of being in Philadelphia I, anymore. I get my ass out of here. 
I agree with you. But it's funny, and I'm not picking on you because I hear it more than I think you're more in my category, probably not as high as me, but you acknowledge that that Howie's certainly good at at least certain part of his job. Gotta, it's gotta funny. It's Absolutely. it's it's funny how context is added to the good decisions, but not the bad decisions. Like DK Metcalf. I don't know how many times I can tell people he was red flagged by the Eagles medical department. He was not in the conversation. He was taken, he was taken off the table till day three of the NFL draft. Uh, and then they might've considered him. Who knows? Um, doesn't matter. They didn't pick him. How he didn't pick him. No context. Doesn't matter. You know, when he does something right, then all of the context comes flowing in. You're right. Everything you said is right. And by the way, it starts with Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey Lurie's the one who's got a stamp. Oh, it's going to be the largest dead money cap hit True. in NFL history by a wide margin. That's some big context, Jody. I admit that. All of that enters into the equation. Bottom line is Howie Roseman runs football operations for the Eagles. He gets blamed for the bad stuff, but he doesn't get the credit for the good stuff. That doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to blame him for the bad stuff without context, Put a check mark in the column with the good stuff, and you don't need all that context. You That's should, all I'm saying. You are correct. He should get credit for what he does right. And getting a third-round pick, which, oh, by the way, let us not forget, they had to use the flip to get Jalen Hurts, uh, to, excuse me, to get uh, Devonta Smith. So that aspect of it, it was part of the pie to be able to get up and get your lone actual NFL wide receiver and now they've got a first-round pick instead of a second-round pick because Carson Wentz stayed healthy enough all year. Yeah, it was a heck of a trade by Harry Roseman. Uh, after he got thrown up against the wall by Carson Wentz, he did a pretty good job punching his way out of the corner and getting a damn good return uh, for Carson. All right, he is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Coming up next, our buddy Chris Franklin from NJ.com, scheduled to jump aboard Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, 
visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Playoff Monday here on Birds 365. That's right. Philadelphia Eagles are going to the playoffs. It's a good thing. And we didn't, I didn't see it coming. I didn't think they were a playoff team. I thought they were close to a 500 team. They're an above 500 team that are going to the playoffs. We're going to talk about that and also what happened Saturday night down at the link with our next guest. He's been good enough to become a quasi regular here with us on Birds 365, Chris Franklin from NJ.com. Chris, I want to start on a positive note. How easy was it for you to get out of Lincoln Financial Field on Saturday night? Because most smart mind Eagle fans got out of there mid third quarter. Well, after that was one of the easiest, even to the game, that was one of the easiest drives I made in. Because I have a little back way that I'm not going to share because I want to keep it that quiet. But it, going in and out, like it was even fast for that. I mean, you something to drive that usually coming from Delaware usually took about 35 minutes, took me about. Maybe five, maybe there's an eights on the speedometer. I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but yeah. <laughs> and the Flyers were playing as well. I don't know how late you went, Chris, but yeah, there were some, uh, there's always some. I, I think it's funny that we, that was the last regular season game, presumably the last game. Oh, no, it is. is. The Eagles they're, they're are the, the seventh seed. seed. They're not yeah. the sixth seed. They're they can't the possibly host the playoff yeah. game. So we're done. It's interesting. I always say that week one is the worst, the home opener, because oh. nobody knows which parking lot they could go to. But even by the last game, people still don't know. They can't go to certain parking lots, but that's inside baseball. Let's talk about <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles and 50 burger to the Dallas Cowboys. What does it mean, if anything? I did sense some Nick Sirianni frustration, at least a little bit. I think he's a competitive guy. Wasn't happy at times with Mike McCarthy. Wasn't happy with the COVID questions. Is this all forgotten about quickly with Tampa Bay on the horizon? There, there was a game Saturday night. Oh wait, yeah, it was. Sorry, <laughs> I'm at that point right now. I think a lot of times when you, I think if anything, I'd probably probably worry about more towards that second half, like the development of some of those third string guys, second string guys. But even then, you're still playing against the starters that the Cowboys had out there. So I wouldn't take too much away from it. Uh, 
I think overall, though, I think some of those guys, I, I mean, you may have to see like Andre Seychere have to come out there and, and give a blow just in case there's a safety, there's injuries to the safety position or nickel corner or something like that. But so I'd be a little worried. Hopefully he gets things right if I'm the Eagles. But overall, I think it was just a glorified exhibition game that the Cowboys starters decided, the Cowboys decided to play their starters for most of the time. But this to steal a word from uh Bel- Belichick. I think the, I think Sirianni's going. They're on to uh, they're on to Tampa. On to Tampa for the Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, uh, will he be better against the Buccaneers because of all of the extra reps that Jalen Rager got this week? <laughs> um, a lot of reps for Jalen. Jalen's off the hook because of JJ. I think the I thought it was interesting. They used him a lot at running back. I mean, you still had Huntley there, and you still had. Kenneth Gainwell, but I thought it was interesting they used him. I know they're trying to get the ball into his hands and try to get some positivity. They can make Jalen Rager a running back, but they can't make Kenneth Gainwell a wide receiver. Come on, (laughs) what the hell? It's crazy because you see Gainwell practicing with the wide receivers a lot. When you go look when they're in the indie period. And you're like, wait a minute, why why can't he like you see it more line up in the slot movement more? I don't know if they're trying to make him like a Cordero Patterson, uh, regular Cordero Patterson type, where he can mm. play both positions. But other than that, it, I think they're just trying to find some way to get a light spark in him because they desperately need a third option to emerge somewhere. I don't know if it's going to emerge, but as I said, with you know the one guy who is looking like, uh, and, and again, Jalen Rager might have sent. J.J. Ortega Whiteside a thank you card. That was one of the worst <laughs> attempts at a bag. By the way, a nice throw by Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Little Aaron Rodgers like putting it right back shoulder. Only the receiver uh, can get it. And J.J. Ortega Whiteside looked like he never caught a football in his life. What? A, what? This kid was a good player at Stanford. What happened, Chris Franklin? I wonder. Is, is it just confidence? I, that's what I think is I think is it because once uh, to to steal the line from replacements I think it was a quicksand a quicksand thing where one thing went wrong early on in his rookie season and just snowballed and he felt like he had the press and so he kept going on and on trying to prove that he deserved a second round tag and, and hearing it and as much as the guys say like hey you know what we block it out some of the stuff seeps in they they still hear some of the stuff so he starts to see all that stuff and he sees that Metcalf doing well and it starts. It starts to get bad. I mean, who would have thought? It, to me, it looks like he's just, he's a better at tight end at this point now. And I don't th- I don't you think they should put him there. End too, by the yeah, way. we got to talk about that. Um, yeah. Tyree Jackson going down with the torn ACL, which in theory you say, okay, it's your third tight end. But the Eagles have been using thirteen personnel quite a bit over the past month or so before the Cowboys game. It it became a staple of their offense. They still have Richard Rogers. Uh, know it's a guy as well, but uh, when you look forward, they're going to run the football. They're going to try to run the football against Vita Vita and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How much, how much is this going to end? They've been able to run the football against everybody. Oh, by the way, including Dallas with Jack Anderson and Sue Petta and Andre Dillard and Brett Toth and on and on and on. They still had 149 yards rushing. How much does a loss like that affect them, if at all? I think when it comes, I don't, I, to me personally, I think it might do a little better. I, th- I know Tyree Jackson, he has a lot of potential. 
you see the size, you see the you see everything that's right there. But to me, especially when they run this third, third, third team personnel, they run the ball out 67% of the time. And that's from a sharp football analysis. They run the ball out that formation 67% of the time. Jackson's not the best blocker as of right now. He's improved a lot from what we initially saw in that one too, but he's still, it, it looked like even back toward in the Washington game and sometimes in the Cowboys game, they would flip Rod, put Rodgers in when he came on the running downs and put Jackson back in on the passing downs. So I think if that's truly what they're going to do more often, I think Rich having Richard Rodgers, a guy who's had, who has playoff experience, a guy who's been around this area, who knows what it takes to win a playoff game, I think that's going to be a better fit for them in the long run, at least in the playoff run, at least anyway. All right. The Eagles gave a lot, great majority of their starters, a bye week in week 18 to get physically ready and prep for the upcoming playoffs. I want to ask you about one specific position. How much elevation will this mean to their defensive ends? Because Tom Brady's pretty damn good at getting rid of that football. Uh, it's not going to be a sack-filled game with the Eagles, but can they at least make him move, make him hurry, get their hands up? What do you think a week off means to Barnett and Sweat? I think especially when it comes to Barnett, because, you know, he's his history, he, he gets nicked up over time, and it's the, add the extra game. I think it helps out Barnett a lot more. Sweat, the one thing I want to see, especially you mentioned this when it comes to Brady, is to get the defensive line and get their hands up and get into the passing lanes. Because you're not going to, like you mentioned, you're not going to get there and unless and, and hope, the Eagles are going to have to hope that Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox get that pressure up the middle to get Brady off that spot and to move him a little bit more to the left or right, which plays into the hands of the defensive ends. They have to, and they're, they're not going to get the sacks. Get the hands up and affect the passing lanes. Make it hard, tough for him to feel comfortable in that pocket and move around because they're probably going to have to go underneath. They don't have Antonio Brown anymore. They don't have Chris Godwin anymore. They're probably going to just play a lot more horizontal football, trying to get it to Gronkowski, Cameron Braid, and O.J. Howard. So this is where your defensive ends are going to have to get their hands up. They're going to at least get more. This is a game where you're actually okay with them getting hurries because you're not going to get the sacks there. No, you never get the sacks against Tom Brady. Um, but I want to, you know, Jody's been yelling at me because I'm going to throw this at you, Chris. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. I, I, think, <laughs> I think the Bucs are a better matchup than the Dallas Cowboys for the Eagles. Not that they're a great matchup, just a better matchup because I don't think they match up at all uh, against the Dallas Cowboys right now. Uh, but one part where in theory isn't a great matchup is I don't think there is a better run stuffer in football than Vita Villa uh, who just got the big extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you can't move them so the typical Jason Kelsey getting to the second even the third level probably isn't happening this week so you might have to do things a different way as far as the running game goes but the Eagles have done this against the top running uh, defenses, rushing run support defenses in the NFL. Can they run the ball against Vita Villa? Or is it, am I making too much out of that because he's just one person? No, it's going to be tough to run up the middle. I think they're going to be averaging like two point. He's only, when he's in there or just a, overall against the Bucks, he got 2.3 yards in that per carry up in the middle of the, or the middle of the defensive line. So you, and you also have Indomitian Sue too. So you have it's it's tough to do stuff in the middle there. I mean, the only thing you can't abandon it. You have to make them 
honor that. You have to at least attempt to run there a few times to keep them on their toes. But even if you do traps and and, and some stuff like that, but I think your best play, if I'm the Eagles, is if you attack the edges against these defensive ends. And especially the Bucks defense has had issues when it comes to stopping the run on the right side of their defensive line, which would be the Eagles' left side, which is their strength. I think they're giving up something like seven yards a carry on that side when they're running that. So if you, when you look at this offensive line between Landon Dickerson and Jordan Mailata on that left side, they can have a lot of success. And they can basically what they're going to have to do is, I, I'd you run the ball up there a little couple of times, but you're going to do a lot of powers, a lot of that. Just say, hey, you know what? We're just going to go that side. We're going to go run behind you guys, and we're going to try to get basically play a ball control game against the Buccaneers. All right, Chris Franklin and John, you can hop in here too. But uh, Chris first, how are they going to stop Rod Gronkowski? You may have to do a bracket. You may have to do a bracket. I think what what I would what I would do is put a bracket, putting this means putting the safety on top of double team by putting the safety on top of them and having somebody play man to man underneath. What I think they're going to do, I think they're going to play a lot of zone. So I think we're going to see a lot of the, stuff, the early year Jonathan Gannon philosophy here where they play a lot of zone, try to keep everything in front of them, and try to hold the Buccaneers to field goals as opposed to trying to get beat deep. And it's a tough ask. It's a very, very tough ask. I, personally, I'd chip every chance I would get. I'm basically going to be physical and try to make them think, hey, you know what? You're going to try to come off the line. I'm going to go get, I'm going to throw a defensive end. You're trying to get off your route. I'm going to have a defensive end chip. Yeah. I'm going to have a linebacker mess with you within that five yards to basically make it tough and, and wear them down over time. But good luck trying to do it. I'm pretty sure a lot of defensive coordinators have done that way, way before then. But I think the best, what, what I would do is play a lot of bracket, but I think they're going to play a lot of zone. And it's going to be one of those games where you're looking like, why can't they just stop it? Why don't they throw more blitzes? But they're letting the Bucks get six, seven, eight yards a pop. But basically trying to hold them to a field goal. All right, I'm going to get back to the Bucks here, Chris, but I do want to mention uh, first, we got a first surprise on, on Monday in Brian Flores out in Miami. Fire final? Miami Dolphins. That's wow. me. Yeah, we always get one surprise. That that to me is the biggest surprise. <laughs> and and I heard, th- I heard this last night. Uh, give it whatever weight you think. Stephen Ross, friendly with Jim Harbaugh. That Ooh, he's got a he is a Michigan guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Wow. I, I, you know, <laughs> we're talking coaching. Do you think Mike Zimmer's out? That's official. Rick Spielman's out. Um, in Chicago, Matt Nagy's out. Ryan Pace is out. Now we have Brian Flores out. Jody just mentioned the connection there with John Harbaugh. Um, <sighs> You Bless think anybody? Johnny's our buddy down in Baltimore. Jim might be up for the job in Miami. Yeah, Jim. Uh, sorry. Um, always get the Harbaugh's mixed up. Um, we both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you think anybody? Now we know general manager jobs. We've we've seen Brandon Brown, Ian Cunningham, Catherine Race now uh, as VP of Football Ops, the book, the GM factory, and then the coaches. Um, Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen. Do you think anybody from the Eagles gets an interview in this cycle, Chris Franklin? You may get one. I think you may get one Gannon one, and I can see that being more of a you bring him and see what he's like, 
maybe try to get a couple uh, things what he does scheme wise when you bring him and go oh yeah we want to bring you for an interview so he how do you do, do anything scheme wise <laughs> by, by Eagles fans doesn't do anything yeah uh, I, I can get that point sometimes but yeah i can see i can see one of those things coming in where i go oh how do you think the demeanor i think he'll he'll be one of these brought in maybe as a favor from an agent or something like that but i think more next year when he gets more of his guys in here and, and gets to the system and they do well again then i think that's when he truly gets his shot the other i'm shocked to be personally i wouldn't be like and this is all speculative. I have none of that. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm shocked that none of these guys got interviewed for a college job, such as like I say a Brian Johnson, such as Jamal Singleton, guys like that who who have been who had success at the college level, whether it be playing or just being around there. I'm shocked they didn't get at least a sniff from the college. Maybe they did, and they say that now I'm happy in the NFL. But those are, I, I think, more next year if this team has success again, they do on par or even better. I think that's when you start to see these names popping up. reigning Super Bowl champions. It oh. <laughs> if they have a game where Brady gets like Brady gets sacked like five, six times and Mike Evans is held to like 20, 30 yards, something like that. And I think, I think Anna's phone might be going off a little bit. But other than okay. that, I'll, I'll, let me say, I'll take the under on five <laughs> And the over on Mike Evans yardage at 25. Yeah, yeah, saying, uh, you're right. You're right about setting those numbers. That would get Gannon to the top of the list. Yep. Good luck getting either one of those coaches. All right. Um, yeah, they got to go down to Tampa. Yeah, they got to take on the Bucks. They are the defending champions. They do have some injury issues that they're going to have to deal with. But doesn't Brady just cure all wounds? The guy is just stone cold. He's he borderline miracle. He's amazing. We'll say that. Uh, oh, by the way, yesterday he uh, brung up another unbelievable stat game and may have uh, strengthened his argument for an MVP. Any way they can cut. And I, you can't even say turn back the clock to 2017 because, oh, by the way, he threw for 400 yards. Uh, <laughs> what is the Jonathan Gannon game plan against Tom Brady? Realistically, yeah, you draw up six sacks. Yeah, that's a nice way to win the game. But realistically, <laughs> what can Gannon throw with Brady this week? I think you have to disguise. You, you can't declare right before the end, right before the snap because I think if they start, they just break the huddle and they stand where they're going to stand for like 15 seconds left on the play clock. Brady's just going to come up and go, okay, I see you're doing this, 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 this. I'm throwing to the hook seam or something like that. I think it's going to be one of those things where they're going to have to disguise a lot more. And we've heard Jonathan Gannon say he doesn't want to disguise just for the sake of disguising the defense because – He's got a point there, especially when you have a if you have Alex Singleton lining up on the left side, then he has to run all the way across the field to the right side to try to get to his own area. It's a little tough. It's tough on Singleton and and, and the rest of the defenders have to cycle around through. But the way you think you can do, it, it actually goes to I think a little bit towards offensively. You got to control the ball a lot more, run the ball more, basically yeah, play, take keep the coin away. toss. Jody yeah. loves that. Take that. You win the coin toss. Take. Give it. me the ball. Give me the ball. The Eagles oh. won't do that, but they should. I, I'd defer personally. I'd defer. Yeah, Reason yeah. being, because they do. They start out so slow that you. It's almost like a wasted no. possession in yeah. a way. And but, then, but, yeah. but you want to you want to play with confidence, Chris. And if you can start the game, say with a seven eight minute drive and score, that's your perfect scenario. You start to drain the clock. You start to play that ball control, but you're probably right. They're not going to do that. <laughs> I, so I'm going to run this by it. Okay. So here's my, to me, this is a, 
interior defensive line game. This is a Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave game. Either they make Tom Brady uncomfortable by getting that interior pressure, and it's not easy because Ryan Jensen, the Buck Center, is really good. Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa, their guards are really good. Those guys got to dominate inside. That's how the New York Giants beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Um, The Eagles managed to do it in a shootout, but that's just, you know, that's (laughs) just pure luck. That ain't happening again. Interior pressure, right or wrong? Oh, that's the right way, definitely, because – when you're a quarterback and you see two defensive defensive tackles with the skill that Ron Hargrave and Fletcher Cox have, and they can beat the inside with, of the Buccaneers line, which I think they're capable of doing, not going to be easy, not going every time, but I think they're capable of doing, that makes it tough, not only just from the sight line, but the pressure, it speeds up the clock even more for Brady, whose clock is already quick. It's really tough, and I just look overall, like that. that's where the game has to be the game has to be won. I think you're going to see you're going to need your second line the, of Milton Williams. You need him to step up as well, too. I think he's done very well when it comes to basically doing the pass rush. He's on the physical side of it from the middle, from the interior part of the line. So if the three of them can somehow get that pressure, make it basically tough for that interior to, to handle and they start to help out, so it basically shortens the path for the defensive ends to go, this... This team, this game could be very close. I, I truly think. I think this game's going to be close to begin any, anyway. There were very few Eagles who on Saturday night against the Cowboys got passing grade, two of which were Milton Williams and Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. So yeah. my question to you, Chris Franklin, is: Will Kenneth Gainwell even be active Sunday against the Buccaneers? I think he will. I really, I truly think he will because I think he'll be the uh, the the kick or, returner. Or running guy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he'll be. I think he'll be the kick returner again. Yeah, that's about it. Be the kick returner. Although I like Jason Huntley, the way he he returned kicks, I wish he probably is. Jason <laughs> Huntley probably is the best uh, kick returner the Eagles have. But uh, and, yeah, maybe they. I can't imagine they would trust five running oh, backs. Eighty-five. But, <laughs> you know, nah. I still. I don't think Miles Sanders is going to play. Let's talk about that. I, I. You know, it's tough, but you know, broken hand surgery. That's really quick. We'll get a better indication, hopefully, today, certainly by Wednesday. But what are your feelings on potentially seeing Miles Sanders for the first round of the playoffs? I think he'll dress. I don't think we'll see the amount of carries that he usually has. And I think it's really going to be – I think we'll find, it was already a committee. But I think it will truly be a committee in the sense that we may see even amounts for Howard, for Scott – and for Sanders, and then I think you sprinkle in Gainwell on the passing and a no, and the passing and the no huddle sections. I think you'll, I think you'll see a lot more of that. And I think the biggest, the biggest person who benefited from this week off probably may have been Jordan Howard with that stinger because he just didn't look right. No, he he just didn't look right against Washington. And and I don't, I don't know if it was just one of those things where he was trying to get his timing back and, and everything was thrown off, but. I think for the Eagles' sake, if they're going to attack that middle of the line, because he, if they're going to try to attack the middle of the line against Vita Vea, he's the guy to do it. I don't see Sanders doing it. And Sanders, I, I'm not putting him out there as much, even though he's a good player. I know he's explosive, but I'm not putting him out there as much with a hand injury because that just screams of potential fumbles 
guys trying to I know you can wrap it up as much as you can, but guys just trying to the peanut punch it and just trying to overall just hit his hand and ball drops on the ground. So I could see this being a game where you get that one too. I think you sp- still sprinkle in on uh, Kenneth Gainwell and parts of that too. All right, uh, I'm going to give you a hypothetical here, Mr. Franklin, and I'm not suggesting this is what I'm predicting. It's purely a hypothetical <laughs> for you to be able to get inside Nick Sirianni's head. I may predict this by Friday, but I'm not doing it today. Um, we're mid-second quarter, somewhere thereabouts. The Eagles have rushed it nine times for 25 yards because the Bucks are the third best rush defense in the NFL over the course of the season. Uh, you're down 10, nothing, not insurmountable, but you haven't uh, advanced the ball even into field goal range for uh, Mr. Elliott, because they've completely shut down your running game. Nick have the nerve to stick with it and just say, we'll wear them down over time, I got faith in my offensive line, no matter how good the defensive line for Tampa Bay is, or does he say, yeah, we need to kind of score it? Because if we if we fall down 17 to Brady, we got no chance. What will Nick Sirianni do if the Bucks early thwart the Eagle running game? Well, if I'm wearing a Nick Sirianni visor right now, I am think I'm looking at that play sheet and I'm still looking at the run calls. I'm still going with that. Because I think if you completely abandon the run, and you just go with the passing game. I think you've already played right into the Bucks' hand, just becoming one-dimensional. The run has to be used as the body blow to set up the haymaker, which the which for them is the play-action pass, which for them is the RPOs and everything else. So I think they have to still force the Bucks to honor the run, make them believe they're not going to throw, 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 throw. Because I think overall, over time, I mean, you have Smith, you have Goddard. Who else is getting open? Because I can see the, I can see the Bucks trying to. Basically, bracket like I mentioned, the Eagles bracketing Gronkowski. I see the Bucks bracketing Goddard. I can see them trying potentially, like basically, basically shade the defense over towards Smith's side, and that's why it's going to be important for the Eagles to scheme ways for them to open up, uh, to get open. But I think overall, if it's the second quarter, if it's ten nothing, I think Sirianni tells a message: We've been here before, even though it was against Washington, even though it was against the Giants, they've been there before. We can come back from this. We got to stick to what got. I can imagine his voice right now. For we got to stick to doing what we have to do right now, and we're going to keep running the ball. And then something, like, something. Like, I can imagine that just him going that right now. So I think they, I think they stick with the run in that situation there. All right, Chris. I'm going to give you my own hypothetical. I'm, I'm delving into the Jody Magpul. I'm, I'm trying to take down the king with this hypothetical. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Um, one of the silver linings of, of of his ankle injury is, you know, the running game has been curtailed and he's been forced to stay in the pocket. He's found ways to win games. If the Eagles find themselves down two possessions, can they come back against a high-powered team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Is it the first half or the second half? First half. Say 14 nothing right away. Yeah, and I they, think they come can. back in that kind of game. Yeah, I think they can. I think he's he's and, and I'll say this: he's done very well climbing the pocket a lot better. Now, would I like to see him use both hands on the ball when he's climbing it and not like basically taking it and palming it and going over like this while he's around there? I think he still could work on stuff like that, but I think he still he shows he's shown the ability that he can basically buck the training. He can be a pocket passer per se if he needs to be. He 
his vision is getting a little bit better as well, too. Is he missing some receivers at times? Sure. Is it because of the read sometimes? Could be better. at. I, I, I wish, if anything, I just wish he would get the ball. He anticipate when the routes will be open a little bit more because I think he can get guys off their when they're breaking off the top of their routes and then hitting them a little bit more. But I think if All they're right. down two possessions. Oh, sorry. All right, Chris. So since you brought it up, you're Justin Herbert and the Chargers. What was the score of that game in the fourth quarter? You got to come back in that instance. Are they capable okay. of doing that? What was it? Twenty-eight. What was the score? Was it twenty-nine, twenty-two, or something like that? Or twenty-eight, seventeen? Two possessions. Yeah, early in the fourth. Early in the fourth quarter. So you're down two possessions early in the fourth quarter. I think it was eleven points. Can they come back in that environment? I think they could. I, I'm not. If anything. I'm more worried about if he has to throw it, say, to like if, if everybody's covered up and he has to throw it to say Rager or somebody like that. He's the well, only that's one open. Part of the problem, yeah. Because because the Chargers were dropping a lot of those passes too. Yeah, they were. And it was like eh, that one. But I think given what we've seen of him this year in similar situations and. Times and just looking back at his college career and, and everything else, it just seems like something clicks in the fourth quarter with him. It, it just seems he That's seems true. a little bit better as well too, especially early, early on when you look at the earlier Tampa Bay game. Now, Grant Tampa Bay was basically trying, playing a different defense at the time. After that, when you look at the Kansas City game, a lot of these games he's put them in positions where they look like they have a chance to either tie it up or go ahead late. So I put put it past him to do something similar, especially with the way he's able to make plays with his legs and keep plays alive. I wouldn't put it past him that he could do something similar. Chargers were down 29-14 with eight and change oh. to play last oh. night. That's a pretty damn good comeback. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I don't know if he's got that in him to rally the team from down 15 with eight and change to play. Yeah, we shall see. I the Prediction for you, not on who's going to win the game, Tampa's got a pretty good home field advantage. I've been in that stadium and uh, for a Bucks game, and they support their hometown team pretty well. And if anything, it's ratcheted up since they got the Brady guy. I was in there when the Bucks were only okay, and they sold out the joint. Now they're the defending Super Bowl champions. The Eagle fans travel as well as almost any team. Pittsburgh is a great national team. Uh, the Raiders are a great national team. The Patriots have become a great national team. I'll put the Eagle fans with any of those other fan bases, specifically when it comes to traveling. They're going to be able to get anybody in the house in Tampa. They don't give up their seats. I think it's very interesting you mentioned that because I was booking my travel last night and I'm, I went away from the computer just for a little bit. I came back to look at the ticket and it bumped up. So I All think right. there's a lot of people trying to get a lot of tickets to go down there and, and, and watch this game. I think... I think it might be 65 35, maybe 60 40 bucks. Buc- really? Buccaneers are still have a home field. You think, fit, you I, think the Eagle to... fans are going to be able to get 40% yeah. of the stadium? They're going to get in that yeah. building. They're and there's a lot of people from there's Florida certain, that live down there, too. Yeah, there's certain buildings you can't get in. That's true. Philly fans are living over in Clearwater. Yeah. yeah that, that is a good uh, Philadelphia South area down on the uh, Gold Coast. Maybe you're right. Maybe it will be 64. I was going to say. Uh, are they going to be able to get it to 75-25? 60-40 would be a, a pretty impressive split. There's going to be more Eagles fans than you think, Jody. I don't know how they do it, but they, they find a way to do oh, it. I, know. That's oh, but... what I just finished saying that I'll put them with any other fan base yeah. in the 
in football. Now they're not getting in Green Bay. Well, they're probably not going to have to go to Green Bay, but they're not getting in there. But uh... look at the cousins that stand outside the Buccaneer stuff. Look at the look at the cousins who were down in Florida. It's like, oh hey, okay. get, pick me a couple of things, and uh, I'll bring you something up. I'll bring a couple of tasty cases up north as, as a thank you or something there we like go. that. With that. And, still, <laughs> and, and you don't even have you can go to Wawa down there now. Plenty of Wawa. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, we're gonna feel right life. at home if we can get a flight i gotta get a flight this morning by the way good luck um man. yeah <laughs> good I, luck. it's not gonna be good hopefully they're adding flights um all right last one from me chris uh read chris franklin nj.com does a phenomenal job covering this team and he will do to the end hopefully that is not sunday in, in, in Tampa Bay. And by the way, Sunday at one o'clock. Thank you. NFL. Yes. Yes. I was worried. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I was worried about Monday night. Thank you. NFL. I was worried about Saturday at 4 30. I'm like, please don't let yeah. this be this game. Please don't. But thankfully yeah. not. <laughs> I'm with you. I was worried about Saturday at 8 30 again. I don't want that night. No so. more. Anyway. No more. <laughs> uh, um Nick Sirianni. Uh only rookie head coach we're talking about uh black monday today as coaches as we're on here mike zimmer ryan pace brian flores anybody else jody who am i missing uh matt nagy uh matt nagy uh pace the gm is out uh looks like yesterday yeah looks like chris career is staying in miami um nick (laughs) sirianni last year's hiring cycle one guy Brandon Staley almost got there, but wasn't able to do it. Um, does he deserve Coach of the Year votes, Nick Sirianni? Ooh. I think he deserves votes, yeah. I definitely wholeheartedly think he does. I think he's done a great job, especially compared to the expectations that were placed on his team. I think he's did a great job getting the veterans to buy in as well, too. I wouldn't be surprised if he's top three. I still look at, say probably Matt LaFleur. Well, LaFleur, I think Belichick, especially with having Mac Jones and, and, and that team and at least getting him into the last day of the season for the AFC's title. I think he's done, done very well. Zach Taylor, I think Zach to take Taylor. the Bengals too. You take a, you have a rookie wide receiver, a second year quarterback who's coming off a, an ACL tear and to play as well as they have and win the North that's historically very tough to, to win. I think he's, I, I, you know, I think Sirianni finishes fourth. I think Lafleur is going to be up there. Belichick's going to be up there. Taylor's going to be up there. Sirianni's going to finish fourth. You, but it's you going to be. Forgot, you forgot one guy, bud, and he may actually win. I'd vote Lafleur one, but number two for me would be Vrabel. He's done a. That's not bad too. Yeah, especially without I mean, their tail, Henry. Yeah, before the year started, I think he's got to get some consideration. My ballot always no, says no. Belichick every single year, <laughs> except last year. Last year? No. Except oh, okay. Yeah, and almost every single <laughs> Almost every single time we bring him on, Chris Franklin delivers, and he did so again today. Thank you, sir. Have a good time down in uh, Tampa. Stay away from McMullen in the press box. Uh, I know he keeps testing negative, but one of these days, something's going to catch up with him. You, you are trying to jinx me, man. It, it's tough. I kid you not. It's tough darting this thing left and right. It it's is. like, it's, it's, that, that 30 it minute is. wait, waiting for the test to come through is the most nerve wracking. Like, please don't, please yes. don't, please don't. All right, I'm out. All right, cool. Anyway, yeah, everyone's and, aside. And, and Howie oh. Roseman out Fox into the NFL, but he can't help you guys any by no. getting the COVID protocol changed for the writers. 
Oh my you God! Guys, COVID uh, list came and, and COVID McClellan's list got him. I think the number one GM in football. I know he's top five. I think he's moving toward one. As a matter of fact, what's how we doing for you, Johnny Mac? Nah, Nothing. Bit, uh, <laughs> you got to take that test and sweat it out every single week. I'm 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 unbeknownst to some other people. He's doing nothing for me. Exactly. <laughs> Chris, thanks, buddy. Always a pleasure. We'll get you on again. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one now. Thanks, Chris, Chris Franklin, NJ.com, here with us on Birds 365. All right. We got to come back, put a bow on the show. You're listening to Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Like, share, subscribe now. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Down the whole 
Dad, we've been going this entire week, and we hope you're here with us each and every single day uh, leading up to our uh, Friday show, which we'll go on record and make predictions in the game. I know who you're picking. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> will it be competitive or not? That I need to decide between now and Friday. But, yeah, I think the, the Bucks are a superior team to the Eagles. Sorry, Eagle fans. Um, but you got to call them the way you see them. Um, what are you going to get today out of the coach, Nick Sirianni? Uh, you mentioned that he was a little off kilter with the questions about the COVID list. Um, the Eagles don't have to do anything until they practice. I'm sure they're going to want to get their guys some practice time. I'm going to go out on a limb and predict massive recovery for the Eagles who are on the COVID list this week. And uh, miraculously, those who are sick yes. will become well. Yes. Someone will wave their magic wand down there at uh, the Novacare Complex, and the Eagles will get significantly more healthy early in the week so they can get enough practice in for this Buccaneers game. Uh, chances are he's not going to have a report on that by the time you guys see him today. How quickly will the Eagles be recovering from COVID, John? Uh, I think you're right on uh, Wednesday, just in time for practice. I think most of the guys will be back. Um, you know, today's going to be interesting around the league because I think a number of teams are going to encourage players to get tested um, to make sure they'll be available uh, for Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um so, you know, it depends on where we are with this variant, how many people test positive. But I think you could see a spike of guys going on today with the um, assumption they'll get them back for the game. So the Eagles could have some of that mix throughout the week. Guys going on today, coming off. But um, I expect most people to be available uh, Sunday. In Tampa. All right. One last question that you asked Chris Franklin that I want to ask of you. Uh, and it has nothing to do with today's game, uh, this week's upcoming game against the Bucks. We got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to talk about it. So don't sweat it, Birds 365 fans. Eagles GM Factory. Will someone working under Howie Roseman get a general manager's job this offseason? And if so, who's the most likely candidate? Well, I mentioned the three. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated does a list uh, every year, 30 uh, potential GMs. The Eagles have three uh, on that list. One is Catherine Raich, uh, who's the vice president of football ops. Um, Ian Brown, uh, Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown are, are also on the list. They're the co-sort um, of directors of, of pro personnel. So, those are the three most likely. Um, I do not think any of them will get a job at this point. Although if somebody wants to, you know how the, the league is. And if somebody wants to send a message and be that historic team to name the first female GM, Catherine Race has got a really, really good chance. I would say she would be the most likely um of the three and uh there are a couple teams that the owners i would say would be at least intrigued by being the team that does just that so it is something that is uh worth following uh j mac have a good day you're you going down or are you zooming your life away today uh it's a good question i have to 
confirm that. You I assume it's going to be Zoom, but I'm not 100% figured positive. That out yet, huh? All right. Well, if you're Zooming your life away, have a good one. Uh, we'll be ready to pick your brain tomorrow. Uh, we are now just 22 days away from day two and then day three. And before you know it, Eagles playoff action will be here. We want you to be here with us on Birds 365 all week long. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.